Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
Why don't you know about the greatest general in the 20th century? I, I guess I shouldn't be too presumptive. Some of you know. Listeners to my show, I mean, shows it, it, inevitably the audience will kind of take the form of the guy who's behind the mic because my interests are your interests. And so that's why we talk about these things. It's a two-way conversation here. So to be fair, many in my audience may know about this guy. Some definitely will. But let me let me clarify something. In the 20th century, the best general, you know how we can debate a bunch of things? There is no debate about this. The best general of the 20th century is one person, and any other answer is wrong. In fact, he's probably on the very, very, very short list of greatest generals of all time, and he's never listed on it. Maybe if you get a real history nerd, he'll squeak into the top 10 somewhere. But let's be clear again. For the greatest general of 20th century, there is one answer. And 99% of Americans don't know his name. Why? His name is Georgi Zukov. And he has on his resume Well, honestly, the biggest battles ever, the top, let me see, top three at least, greatest battles ever, top three greatest battles ever, he, he won all of them. Not only was he in the biggest battles ever, he won them all. First of all, 1896, the man is born. He is born in not yet communist Russia. Remember, this is 1896. That whole commie revolution, civil war stuff was 1917, 18, all that. He's born in a small village outside of Moscow. And they are dirt, dirt poor. They're so poor This fascinates me so much because I think about our standard of living today. They're so poor. Get this. He was sent to work in Moscow in a separate place at the age of 10. Can you even, can you even wrap your mind around that? I have a 10 year old and you know what? My 10 year old. Dude is sharp, street smart, great in a conversation, straight A's, just one of those people. I mean, everybody says this about their kids, but up here, it's my show. I'm telling you, one of these people who's, he's going to be something. He's either going to be a criminal or or very successful at something. I guarantee you that. And I don't think I would send him to another town by himself at 10 years old 
don't get me wrong, he could probably do it. But I don't think I – what? And I'm not exactly the protective type with my kids. But this is not a unique story for Zukov, this part of it anyway. He just – that's what you did. Family has to eat. Necessity tends to wash away so many of our notions about what life should and shouldn't be. You and I, a 10-year-old, 10-year-old, he wants pizza for dinner and we're going to have uh, birthday parties at Dave and Buster's and let's, I mean, let's watch some cartoons and stuff, right? You're in Russia in 1896. Uh, we have to eat food or we're all going to die. Uh, son, you need to go to Moscow and get a job at 10 before you hit puberty. Gosh. Then, you want to know what poor is? I'll put it to you this way. You remember World War One? We've talked about World War One several times. You know, basically the worst war in the history of war. Not that any of them are great. And I understand the loss of life was obviously much more World War II. But as we've talked about, the fighting, the style of fighting, just the the fact that generals weren't caught up with the technology, it was just so awful that World War I is number one on my list of wars I would not want to have fought in. And I mean from ancient times to today. Georgi Zukov, he got conscripted into the army as a young, young man and sent off to World War I and was thrilled about it because it was so much better than the life he left behind. <laughs> Woo! Thank goodness we're finally here. All right. Eastern Front, what are we doing today? Oh, we're gassed? I don't care. We've got food, right? Do we have food? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, look, shoes. That's exciting. A new life, a different kind of life. He gets out of World War I, acquits himself very, very well. And remember, this is not from some upper-class family. He, wasn't, he didn't go in as some officer. He just shows up in one of these people who's not only smarter than everyone else, men underneath him all respect him, and you see those two things very, very, very rarely go hand in hand. There are so many people out there who you hear them talk or, or see what they write and you think to yourself, wow, that guy's got to be a genius. But you would never want to be around him. He'd talk down to you. He'd talk over you. I've been around these people. I'll tell you what, writers are terrible about this. Really accomplished writers. I've had dinner with these guys before, you know, in group settings and things like that. They genuinely think they are intellectually superior to everybody. You'd never want to hang around. Rare is the man who is smarter than everyone else, and you genuinely just want to be around him and follow him, and we'll follow his order. Now, after the communist revolution, which he obviously takes part in as well, everybody did, after the communist revolution, the Soviet Union was going through 
a forced modernization. It's part of the reason they the revolution was even possible. I mean, the Soviet Union was just backwards. They they could not get themselves modernized, and this was the era, remember, where everybody was modernizing. Remember Japan? You know the story. Japan rapidly trying to modernize. Everyone else, technology's growing so fast, we got to catch up. We're falling behind. Stalin, Lenin, they take over. It's just Lenin at this time. They take over, and they know the Soviet Union has to modernize. They have to get better. Well, when you're in a communist country like that, you don't just kind of let it happen naturally. You know, there's none of that. It was really, really terrible for the people. It was, oh, hey, congratulations. You're now a factory worker over here because we need to build a factory here. Oh, you, you don't like that? Should I just line up your whole family and shoot them in the back of the head? Yeah, that's what I thought. I'll see you in the factory on Monday morning. Hang on. Talk radio revolution. Jesse Kelly. Car repairs are so expensive today. It, it is unbelievable how expensive these car repairs are. I um look, I'm currently struggling with whether or not to trade in my truck because I'm having more problems with it. And by the grace of God, I have a car shield auto protection plan. They have a wide range of plans for you to choose from, and they can save your bacon. And the best part of CarShield, because they're America's number one auto protection plan company, they have the power to give you the flexibility of choosing your mechanic or choosing the dealership where you want the work done. Let's be honest, a mechanic close to your home can make all the difference in the world. Go to carshield.com. That's carshield.com. Do not forget to use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10% off. Carshield.com. A deductible may apply. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Modernization in the Soviet Union was difficult, to put it mildly. And then, eventually, if life wasn't hard enough, Joseph Stalin takes over. Now, it's not as if Vladimir Lenin, the original boss of the commies, was some peach. But Joseph Stalin, I mean, legitimately, probably just a sadistic murderer. You know, there are so many of these guys, we look at history's monsters like Mao and Hitler and these types, and they have differing resumes, but they ordered the killing of millions, but almost undoubtedly, especially in Hitler's case, never actually killed someone themselves. I realize ordering somebody dead and doing it yourself is not really any different on the grand scheme of things, but let me tell you personally... Once you squeeze the trigger and take somebody's life, it is different than just saying, I wish this guy would die. 
Uh, Stalin killed people, personally. Was well known for it. There's a story of Stalin, a friend slighting him in some way, and Stalin going out on a boat with this guy, knowing he couldn't swim, and shoving him into the water and staring at him as he drowned, just watching him die. Stalin was a legitimate psychopath, and I mean psychopath, and that was before he took over one of the most powerful countries in the world. Now Stalin gets in, and he begins, and look, we'll do, we'll do, shoot, we'll do several history shows on this one day at various times, but he does a gigantic purge of people he views that are threats to his power. Now, let's talk about this for a moment, especially these days. I mean, all days, but these days when people are wondering about power politics and civil wars and wars and splits and things like that. We are blessed right now, extremely blessed, you and I have been blessed, to live in a country where we don't have to really worry about these things. So I, I should say don't. I haven't ever had to worry about these things. Eventually you will. That's the inevitability of, of what comes. But we've never had to worry about a general taking his army, taking a bunch of troops, and just deciding, uh, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and be in charge. So often that happens in other parts of the world. As we speak, it happens. It's happened throughout history, and it makes sense, doesn't it? When it comes down to it, you know that great Pompey Magnus line from Rome, from ancient Rome? When Pompey is busy taking something from somebody, and the guy is telling him, you can't do this, this violates this law, and Pompey responds and says, do not quote laws to men with swords. Remember, the law, respect for the law, only exists in people's minds until it doesn't. And then it's just a piece of paper. It's like people on the right all the time will talk about the Constitution this, the Constitution that. Well, the Constitution, that's, that's not in the Constitution. Stop saying that to me. I love the Constitution as much as you do. It's an incredible document. It laid the groundwork for, for this wonderful nation we live in. Stop saying that to me because nobody believes in it anymore. None of the Democrats do. Not one. They don't even acknowledge its existence, and 90% of the Republicans don't either. Back to the generals, though. Throughout history, what happens is... A general all of a sudden looks around and says, well, tell me what's stopping me from going to take the throne. Again, and that's where you'll get people to say, well, th that's against the law. No, 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 no. Don't, don't tell me about pieces of paper. I'm looking at 50,000 troops. Nobody else has 50,000 troops. So again, let me ask, what's to stop me from going and taking the throne? The answer? Nothing. And generals take power. There are how many coups have been led by a general all over the world? I mean, how many have we sponsored all over the world? It's true. 
I'm not trying to look. I'm not trying to take a petty shot at the CIA. Sometimes you have to do these things in order to further your nation's goals. Pinochet is a great example. Our Pinochet show is one of the, our most famous shows. What you don't want the commies in charge of Chile? Well, you better go find yourself a general with plenty of troops behind him to go shoot some commies. And he sure did. Tortured some of them and threw some out of helicopters too. But we don't have to talk about that. Stalin is obviously aware of this general taking over phenomenon. And Stalin is not a man who takes chances with staying in power or not. Now, Stalin purged many, many, many people. And look, many he had shot, many he had banished to the gulags. And on a brief side note, I kind of find that process to be fascinating too. And I wish I wish somebody could break down for me the reasons why. And what, what I mean is this. How do you make that decision if you're Stalin? You see what I mean? Here's, here's uh, General Bill and here's General John. And uh, look, I don't trust either of these guys. Uh, line up General Bill against the wall and shoot him in the back of the head right now. General John, uh, send him to a gulag. Well, why? But this is clearly not a man who has difficulty with the concept of taking human life. Why don't you just shoot them both? Or why didn't you just send them both to the gulag? And it, it, it is odd to me how some people got to gulag. Some people, many, many died in the gulag. Some eventually got out of the gulag. And you should know, I've always found this to be fascinating. Some of these, you know, banishments to things like gulags, yes, many were just the worst thing in the world. But some of the the prisons were essentially just a tiny village in the middle of Siberia. No walls, no nothing. But they knew if they dropped you there, there was no escape. And you're just going to have to live in the middle of this village. You you would live like a normal citizen in the village. You have a little hut and things like that. But you can't leave because there's no place to get out. There's no way to get in. that amazing? But Stalin begins purging the military big time of anybody he even slightly suspects are disloyal. Remember, they've had to fight a civil war. It wasn't like Russia woke up one day and thought, you know, everyone down for some communism? And everybody said, oh, yeah, let's do that. No, the commies took over after killing a lot of people and having many in their number be killed. There was, there was, it was hugely divisive who was going to get to run Russia, which, of course, it would be a huge, powerful nation like that. There are going to be some competitors for the throne. Stalin starts purging generals, officers throughout his military, having them executed, having them tortured, having them sent to the gulags. Georgi Zhukov is a prime candidate for these purges simply because of how capable he is. Remember, Stalin didn't need to know motive. Stalin was, was as worried about capability as anything else. This is a guy who certainly could take over if he wanted to. We better stop that. But Georgi Zhukov was also so capable that Stalin needed him because right about this time, the Japanese were moving on up and getting pretty big for their britches. Hang on. 
One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Japanese at this point in time are moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky. I'm just kidding. That's from the Jeffersons. I made that up just now. But th- this is the period of time where the Japanese have advanced rapidly. We're not going into them today again. And they are now starting to figure out, wow, we are really, really tough. Let's get off this island and get a little more land and some more resources. Sound good, everybody? And they set their eyes on Mongolia. And... Mongolia is fascinating because it's still there. And we just kind of forget about the fact they were the greatest empire on earth at one point in time. I still say it's the coolest moment ever that the Mongolian president or prime minister, I forget what he's called, sent Donald Trump a pony as a gift. Like They're, they're still big on horses there because it's such a huge part of their tradition. How cool is that? And go look him up, Chris. Go look up their president or prime minister he looks like he could crush your head like a walnut. He looks exactly like you'd want the Mongolian prez to look like. <laughs> Dude, it's just an absolute brick house. <laughs> okay, he's huge. Anyway, Japan sets their sights on Mongolia, goes storming in. Russia's not going to allow that for a variety of reasons. One of the main ones being, uh, we're not going to have these aggressive Japanese right here on our border. So Stalin decides he has to send someone down there and fight off these Japanese. Oh, only again, these Japanese are really good by this point in time. He needs somebody good. He sends Zukov. Zukov, instead of getting purged, gets sent to Mongolia to fight some Japanese, and he goes down. And promptly pulls off one of the great deceptions of all time. See, it's easy because we have an Americanized view of Zuka, of Russia. You know, what do you picture when you view Russia? Russians, a Russian general, some big angry bear, you know, with hands the size of catcher's mitts, wakes up and chugs a whole liter of vodka every day before smashing it against the wall and going to, you know, Charge through a brick wall. Zukov was a genius. Get this. He had plans to attack the Japanese. 
The Japanese were trying to figure out where this battle was going to take place, and Zhukov had plans to attack them. He knew he wanted to go on the offensive and catch them off guard. So he has tons and tons and tons of books printed called A Soviet Soldier's Guide to Defense. A Soviet Soldier's Guide to Defense. You get that? He's, the, he acts as if they're all reading up on defense, and he has the books left all over a battlefield that he intentionally vacates. So the Japanese find it, and they're like, oh, yeah, these guys are getting ready to just dig in and defend. Let's go get them. Zukov completely outflanks them because he was planning an offense the entire time and beats the crap out of Japan. Like I said, the guy was really good. Now, the Soviet Union, let's just be clear about how absolutely awful they are, were, are. Anyway, immediately after this, they sign a non-aggression pact with Japan and sign a non-aggression pact with Germany. It's wild because after the fact, we know now the Soviet Union took World War II on the chin like nobody ever has. Casualty numbers like the world has never seen before and hopefully will never see again, 20 to 40 million. And isn't that amazing? There's like a 20 million person gap we can't figure out. I'm almost, I think it's 20% of the casualties of World War II were Soviets. I think the number is seven out of eight Nazis who died in World War II died at Soviet hands. So after the fact, they get a lot of credit now for everything they did to beat Nazi Germany. And, I mean, look, they kind of do deserve that credit. Uh, they were on the side of the Japanese and the Germans in the beginning. Not only were they on the side of them, they weren't some passive observer. Uh, they invaded Europe with Germany from the other side. Poor Poland got spit-roasted by Germany and the Soviets on the other side. However, we're not going into that today. Don't let me get sidetracked here, Chris. Obviously, the Germans, as was their plan all along, gear up and get ready to screw over the Soviets and invade. Hitler does not like the Jews. He doesn't like Russia. Russia has lots of Jews. Russia also has lots of oil. Hitler wants the oil fields in Russia. Hitler has plans for Russia that went well beyond the Jews, too. So he gears up and he invades. Now Stalin needs an incredible military, a better military than he has at the time. Only, well, it turns out there's a price to pay for killing all your generals and officers. He is extremely short on experienced officers, extremely short. And wouldn't you know it, the Nazis are tearing through the Soviet Union like a blowtorch through butter, and they are heading right towards Moscow. Uh-oh. That's kind of a big deal. You're Stalin. You look around. Who do you look at to defend Moscow? One man. Georgi Zhukov. Stalin looks to Zhukov and says, go, save my city, 
save Russia. And honestly, if the Nazis are able to encircle and destroy Moscow quickly in this initial punch, they probably win. There's a, You realize how close World War II got at times? The Nazis make a decision here, a decision there differently. The Nazis win World War II. Wrap your mind around what that world looks like today. I know people like writing science fiction novels and stuff like that about it. It was a reality. It was. Zukov goes and prepares Moscow to fight. He's doing things because the Nazis are obviously swarming in with their tanks and such. Zukov is digging humongous trenches and the only routes in. He knows the ways they want into the city. He bottlenecks them. He outthinks the Nazis at every turn. Zukov had no business winning that fight. And not only did he stop the Nazis cold in their tracks, once they started backing off, he launched a counteroffensive. I'm talking rush, I'm talking Soviet soldiers all dressed in white in skis in the wintertime as the Nazis are fleeing the winter. And Soviets are swarming them, slapping them around. It's actually really cool. It's very, very cool. The defense of Moscow is one of the largest battles of all time. Zhukov wins another one. However, Hitler is not done yet. You remember this whole Nazi invasion of Soviet Union wasn't a single strike thing. There was the single strike that got them clear to Moscow, and then it... I mean, it's getting cold. We should, you know, why don't we circle back and try this again? Just, just hang tough. Let's, let's let the winner go and then just hang tough. They try it a second time. They're pushing towards Stalingrad. They're winning. Again, the Nazi war machine is tearing through the Soviet Union. They continue to encircle entire armies and either annihilate them to the last man or have gigantic armies surrendering to them. And they're coming to the end of the Soviet Union, and that's in Stalingrad. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. There are 10,000 places where you can buy CBD oils today. The problem is you don't know which one of these places to trust. Who has actually done the research? Who has done the testing? And I don't just mean one time, continuous testing. Well, it's doctors trusted CBD. They've done the research. They only sell the highest quality CBD for a range of issues. We're talking about anxiety. You have any anxiety right now? Any at all? Sleep troubles, joint pain, a lot more. Doctors trusted CBD that have a solution for you. And they've been doing this since 1999. And they run tests on every single batch to make sure the best quality Every single time for you. 
Go to www.doctorstrustedcbd.com. Use the promo code JESSE for free shipping and $5 off. Jesse Kelly. Stalingrad is deep, deep in the heart of Russia. It's on the Volga River. The battle at Stalingrad, which I'm not going to go into in depth at all today, was the greatest battle in the history of mankind. In fact, I might have to do Stalingrad this week, Chris. I might. I want you to wrap your mind around this. The United States of America has roughly 1.4 million military deaths in total from all of our wars combined, including civil war. I mean, 1.4 million total from the beginning of our nation to the end. That many people died at Stalingrad alone. That many people died at Stalingrad alone. And here's what happened at Stalingrad. And I want you to pay attention because this is going to come into play here in a minute. The Nazis get to Stalingrad. They begin shelling Stalingrad. You're dropping a bunch of bombs and artillery on Stalingrad. I want you to picture a city. Picture one of yours. But fine, some big city near you or if you live in one. Now picture bombs dropping on it. Forgetting the loss of life for a moment. We're setting that aside. It's not what we're talking about. I want you to think about the infrastructure. Roads, buildings, and such. What happens to them when you start bombing them? When you start dropping bombs in the area? Are you picturing it? Unlike the movies, things don't disappear when they get bombed. They topple over. They cave in. You essentially turn Stalingrad into a fortress, if you want, with underground bunkers that have been created, with bombed-out buildings that are now perfect hiding places for snipers and military units. The best way to describe it is just exactly like I did. Now picture you bomb a city, your your big U.S. city, drop a bunch of bombs and artillery on it, all this rubble, all these bunkers and tunnels and different things that pop up. You have an enemy entrenched in there. Now get this. You have to go get them out. You have to go get them out. Do you know what a nightmare that is? I have told this story before. I'm going to tell it again briefly because it matters to our story. And I want you to remember this and picture it. The hardest thing I've ever had to do is clear people out of a building. If someone's in a building, especially somebody with any level of training at all, they have All the advantages if you're trying to go in there and get them and they're waiting for you. All the advantages. We were a Marine Corps infantry company. 
I'm not talking about reserves either. We were full-time gung-ho all the time. All we did was shoot weapons and exercise, baby. Battlefield tactics, communicate, follow orders. We were, well, let's be honest, we were some of the finest troops in the world. That's not, that's not being a homer. We were so, a Marine Corps infantry unit is easily one of the top units in the world. And they were prepping us to go to Iraq, and they knew there would be city fighting in Iraq. So they decided they were going to humble us a little bit. You have uh, an M16. I think they, they use M4s now, but we had M16s when I was in. And you can do this thing with an M16 where you switch out a couple things and you put what's called SIM rounds in it. You, you essentially shoot a 9mm round that has a paint tip. Now, I don't want to call it a paintball. I almost called it a paintball because... It hurts a lot worse than a paintball. It will break the skin up close. It hurts, and it hurts really badly. You have to wear protection on your eyes. You have to wear protection in your lower region. I had a buddy that took one down there, and it you don't forget screams like that. I'll tell you that much. And at night, they march us down to a shoot house, a practice house, a big practice house that was on our base in 29 Palms, California. And they have the military police. They're not called military police in the Marine Corps. I'm just simplifying that for you. They have the military police in there waiting for us. I forget the numbers now. Gosh, I'm forgetting things over the years. I want to say there were 10 of them. Not a ton of them. There were 10 of them. Maybe even less. There may have been five or six. But they were in there, and they had their weapons with sim rounds in them. And they marched us down there, and we had our weapons with sin rounds in them. And we, at night, again, a highly trained Marine Corps infantry unit assaulted this place to go try to kill them. You know, you shot, you go down, and they have referees in there watching it and stuff like that, and it's shoot, move, communicate. They massacred us and didn't lose a man. Did not lose a man. You try to clear somebody trained out of a building. That's rough. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
They massacred us in that building. There are just too many places you can hide in a building. You know. Because you're there and you're in it and they're not. You know where the choke points are. You can hide just here in this room and see this little window where they have to walk by. You can hide up here on this, on these stairs and you know they have to walk by this point. You can set booby traps everywhere, especially in a bombed out building with rubble everywhere. You can set obstructions down. Picture if you were coming to clear me out of a room and you had a gun and I had a gun and maybe it's nighttime, maybe it's daytime, but what if I do something simple like roll a chair in front of where you run in the door? Doesn't sound like much, does it? Go ahead and run in a room with your weapon up and I'm putting my weapon at the door and you trip over the chair. You're dead now. Gone. That's a tiny, tiny example of the living hell that was Stalingrad. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Stalin knows he cannot lose Stalingrad or he is going to lose the Soviet Union. He gives an order. It's a famous order. The order is you're not allowed to leave anymore from Stalingrad. You're not allowed to surrender. You're not allowed to leave. They have men. Now, they were famous for this anyway, but they have men now set up behind Stalingrad where you would leave if you were in the if you were there and you were trying to escape you would leave they have men set up behind there with machine gun nests not for the Nazis so they could machine gun down anybody who tried to escape the city you stay and you fight and they did and it was going poorly Until Joseph Stalin tells Zhukov, get down to Stalingrad and save the city for me. Zhukov gets down there and just organizes a brutal, brutal defense of the city. Manages to cut the Nazis off from each other. Realizes, well, they're already in the city anyway. Let's separate them so they can't communicate. He essentially isolates them. And slaughters them. You keep in count on how many huge battles Zhukov has already won. I'm not even talking about the endless minor ones he's won. Moscow and Stalingrad very well could be number one and number two on biggest battles in the history of the world. And Zhukov is 2-0 and oh right now. Now, 
This was the end of the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union. Once Zhukov wins, and he does, once he wins in Stalingrad, the Nazis are now on their heels, to put it mildly, on their heels maybe being nice about it. They are turning around and racing west back to Germany because now the Soviet Union has more men, more stuff. They produced a lot of it. A lot of it they got from us, and they are a bit motivated, to put it mildly. You see, nobody likes to be invaded. It's never popular when you're the invading army, all right? You're never going to win popularity contests. You're definitely not going to win them when you're the Nazis and you're pretty much the most evil people who've ever lived. They were not only invading. Here's what's crazy. Most of the Soviets they got to hated Stalin. I mean, it's not like Stalin was popular. They would have been on your side, except Nazis, well, they can't change their nature. How many political ideologies do you see out there? How many of them do you see changing their nature? A Nazi is a Nazi is a Nazi. They storm into your town. Do they treat you well? Do they tell you they're liberating you? We're here to save you from Stalin. No, first thing they do, where are the Jews? Uh, Any gypsies here? And they start lining people up and shooting them in the head. Soviets are tough people. They're not going to lay down for that. And think how far you have to push into Russia to get to Stalingrad. Think how many atrocities the Nazis have committed at this time. And the Soviets were giving it back, don't get me wrong, but it was their home country. I do not consider that to be equal levels of atrocity. I do not. You may, I do not. You're in my, you come into my home, whatever happens to you in there is your problem, not my problem. I'm not going to feel bad about it at all. And if I come in your home uninvited, I would expect the same thing. Now, though, here's the problem the Nazis have, and it's a huge problem, and they know it. You have not only invaded their country. You have committed some of the worst wartime atrocities in the history of the world. Now they have the power, and they're chasing you, and it's not going to go well for you if they beat you and catch you. They fight this long battle getting out of the Soviet Union with the Nazis on their heels most of the time, but I don't want to make it sound like they threw down their weapons and ran away. This was still, even as they were, a very, very, very capable, well-equipped German army that knew they were all going to die if they just turned and ran. So they're fighting their way back. They're just getting back as fast as they can. And the Soviets know this, too. Obviously, Stalin is putting humongous amounts of pressure on all of his generals. Go, 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 now, now, now. But even his generals, as much as they can, are all, ah, dude, what, these are still, it's still the Germans, bud. We can't, we can't just storm right over them. We're all going to die trying to get them out of here. The Germans get back into Germany, get back into Berlin. The Soviets are still hot on their heels, tearing through them in Europe. The Nazis by now, with the exception of maybe Adolf Hitler, who's drugged out, he's lost his mind by this point in time, the Nazi leadership by now knows the war is over for a fact. 
And now they have a different kind of prayer. Now they're praying Britain and the United States of America get to Berlin before the Soviets do. They know what's coming. You see, they were well aware of who would show some mercy and who would show none. Which is amazing when you think about it. I know the Nazis invaded the Soviet Union and committed all these atrocities in the Soviet Union, but remember, they bombed the daylights out of Great Britain. They bombed London badly. And even then, the Germans knew oh man, we really would rather have the British here than the Soviets. And the Soviets were, look, there's no defense of what the Soviets did to innocent German civilians on their way through. And it's been argued about because the Soviet Union was so secretive, they of course never took responsibility for anything and acted like these were isolated things, but they had whole prison units the Soviets did. Sometimes you deserve to be in that prison unit and sometimes you didn't. But this was a period of time where men would drink in combat. You have a unit of prisoners and they would use them obviously on the most dangerous tasks, the front lines. Here's our prisoners. And now you have these units tearing through the German countryside, half the time drunk, a unit of prisoners drunk and very, very angry comes across a small German farm, maybe a wife, some teenage girls there. I'm not going into that today. It's just, it's just, it's too icky, but let's just, it was unspeakably bad. The things that were happening to the Germans, especially the women as the, as the Russian, as the Soviets tore their way through it. And it was more than just the normal kind of assaulting you'd think about. There are stories of them being, They're crucifying them on barn walls and stuff. It's really, really bad. And I'm not going to defend any of that and never would. But understand, we have the Soviets. They're not just trying to win a war. They're trying to get revenge for what was just done to their country. This is a war of vengeance now. Now, just outside of Berlin... East of Berlin, there's a line of hills there. They get shelled into oblivion as they line up in the hills. You see the Germans, they sent one of their great defensive generals along the hills to dig in a defense up there because they knew the Soviets were coming. Now, this had little hope of succeeding, but it was one of those things they're trying to make them pay for it as much as humanly possible. Well, you have Zukov here, not some idiot. He's not going to run into the teeth of the defense. He sits back, brings up the artillery, and simply blows them out of the daggone water. But now, now you still got Berlin. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Doctors Trusted CBD has something that will help you. One, it's made in the USA. Two, it holds a certificate of analysis. 
In fact, get this. You're not going to believe this. It's USDA certified organic. Their products, the Be Best Organics, it's the purest of the pure full-spectrum CBD. They run tests on every single batch of it. When I say this has been extensively researched and tested, that's what I mean. I be- Believe me, I know CBD places are a dime a dozen today. You can't walk five feet without stumbling over a new one. Please stop buying CBD from the local gas station or the strip mall that just popped up. Come on now. Go to www.doctorstrustedcbd.com. Do not forget to use the promo code JESSE for free shipping and $5 off your first order. You remember Stalingrad? We were talking about it about, what, 20 minutes ago, Stalingrad? With the buildings and the rubble and the fortress and the tunnels and everything else. You remember all that Stalingrad stuff? Uh, Yeah, of course you do. Do you think Zhukov remembers Stalingrad because he was there? He remembers. And now he has to take Berlin. And the Germans are terrified. Of what's coming. They have heard the stories. News travels fast. They know well what the Soviets are doing on their way through Germany. The women, as you can imagine, a little bit apprehensive. Zhukov has to figure out a way to take Berlin. Snipers everywhere. Tunnels, ambushes everywhere. And... It's the vastness of a city that can get overwhelming when you're trying to take it. Again, go back to that city you were picturing earlier about the bombed out buildings and such. Now picture this. Think how big the city is. Not vertically. Think of the square miles your city covers that you're thinking of. Now imagine having to take all of it. It's just... It's such a huge task. It's overwhelming to people. And and even generals, accomplished military men, are going through the same thing. We talk about this. How many sieges do we talk about? And when you and I picture a siege, because this is what we see in the movies and such, I do this too. I picture, you know, a small castle or this little, this little walled-in area like the size of a city block. You don't think about a sprawling city. With suburbs and slums and downtown. And oh, there's a nice park. And uh, ancient cities had all that stuff too. And you have to occupy and take all of it. And the different challenges with terrain. That city you're picturing. Are there hills? Is there a huge sewer system in it where people can hide? How many bodies of water are there? Rivers? You see what I mean? How overwhelming this could be? And Zukov knew it was overwhelming, so he gathers his other generals together, and he does. I mean, look, it sounds so simple, but it's so brilliant. 
He simply divides up the city into pieces. No, 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 General, whatever your name is. You don't have to take Berlin. You have to take these few blocks. That's all. You take these few blocks. And he had this gigantic, I think you can still see it online to this day. It's really, really cool. He had this gigantic, like the size of a room, a gigantic model made of Berlin to help them visualize it and see, I need you to take this here and you to take that there. Remember, Berlin's been shelled now badly too. It's not as if you can just follow the street signs and it happened to the Soviets repeatedly as they went through Berlin, they would get lost. You don't know where you are. So he simply broke it down for them and guided them. And one thing, one cool story about Zukov before we wrap it up here. Zukov was brutal on his officers, and this was a very vicious man. However, his troops loved him. He was a great family man. His troops loved him. There's this famous story about Zukov where he sees some wounded Soviets on the side of the road. And he goes and he talks to them, just regular troops. And he says, why aren't you getting medical attention? They said, we've been trying to flag down our officers all day long and no one will pay attention to us. They just keep driving by. We need medical attention. Zukov says, okay. Doesn't throw him in his car. He drives back up the road the way he was going and sits and watches these troops on the side of the road. And any Russian officer, any Soviet officer who drives by them without giving aid, Zukov stops them on the way past and demotes them right there on the spot. Stuff like that made made his guys love him. Stalin has issued strict orders to Zhukov that he wants the red flag, the hammer and sickle, to fly over the Reichstag. That's the German Congress. That's their, their, their government building. He wants it to fly over the Reichstag by May 1st. Zhukov can only push back so much. He's still Stalin. Zhukov actually pulls it off, and it was a bloody vicious fight. Someday we should do a breakdown of just the fight of the Reichstag alone. The Germans were very, very proud people and proud of their Reichstag, and they made the Soviets earn every inch of it. And the first flag to fly over the Reichstag in Berlin was the Soviet hammer and sickle. In case you're wondering what happened after the war, well, he's still Joseph Stalin, isn't he? Zhukov Honored nationally, a national hero, but now you're this powerful general. Do you think Stalin trusts you more or trusts you less? Only you're so powerful and so popular, you can't be shot and you can't be imprisoned. So Stalin sends the greatest general of the 20th century off to a bunch of worthless little military jobs where he's in charge of some jerk water post somewhere. Zukov descended into, I mean, he didn't, it's not like he, it's not like he ruined himself, but his family, I saw an interview with his daughters on TV one time where they talked about how he just got so reserved and bitter the rest of his life at how poorly he was treated after saving the Soviet Union. Georgi Zukov saved the Soviet Union. Now back to my question in the very, very, very beginning of the show. And we're going to talk about this a lot today. A lot. Why 
Have you, an American, with all due respect to all my international listeners, why are you, why didn't you know who I was talking about when I said the greatest general of the 20th century? Because your system, the system you're part of, the system you grew up in, the system is not going to celebrate a Soviet general because he was outside of our system. He challenged our system. I never heard the man's name until I was an adult. I've been a history buff my whole life. We are about to talk today about the system, about the system when it comes to the election, when it comes to Donald Trump, when it comes to Joe Biden, when it comes to the Bushes, when it comes to people on the right, when it comes to people on the left, when it comes to schools, media, global affairs, when it comes to war. You see what you are seeing now, what you've seen for four years, even if you didn't realize it, what you've seen is not necessarily a left versus the right. I mean, that's a huge part of it because the left really controls the system now. What you've seen is the system trying desperately to purge something that challenges it. Systems purge any challenge to it. Do you want to know why? The swamp never drains. Why AG Barr is worthless and why you spend half your time yelling at the useless pundits on the right and people within the Republican Party. It's because you're thinking about it as only left versus right. How you should be thinking of it is there are people in the system and people in the system, no matter their political party, will defend the system. Because that's why it's a system. Hang on. We're going to talk to Michael Mouse and we'll talk about it. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working undercover. Now I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. 
For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Burna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans. Heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country. Heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber. The complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, he needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes. Our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to its programs. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time